Welcome back to another episode of The Raven Geeks, the official geek culture podcast of CM Life. I am one of your hosts, Steve Tiemann. And I am your other host, Jordan Hermony. And today, things are about to get strange. That's right, we are going to talk about Stranger Things Season 2, or technically, I guess, Stranger Things 2, if we're going to go by what it's slugged as on Netflix. Um, we're going to talk about how I have fallen in love with Bob, and also, weirdly enough, Steve, who has become everyone's mother. My favorite part of season two, although a lot happened. I'm sure, Steve, you look like you also have a lot of opinions. But before we get to that, let's start off with a hit of news. Steve, take us away about our good friend, Shazam. Shazam. Yeah, we got our, our our casting for the DC movie universe's Shazam. It's Zachary Levi, Levi the guy uh, who played Chuck in the show Chuck. And I always confuse him and... Jim from The Office. I'm so glad I'm not the only one. Oh yeah. my god, I was literally just gonna say that. I look at those two all the time. I'm like, they're the same human yep, being, they're the but same. they're not, which really, really makes me mad. But yeah, so there's gotten there's been a little bit of he's too skinny to be a big buff superhero. But you look at Henry Cavill, Chris Pratt, Chris Evans, literally anybody who's ever played a say, superhero. You can't do that because, like, Chris Pratt was, like, huge yeah. in Parks and Rec before he started doing, like, Star Wars and, like, or, I'm sorry, uh, Star-Lord for mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy and Jurassic Park. Yep. Like, that dude packed on muscle. Like, it was going out of style. Yeah, so, so just throw him in a gym for four months. He'll look good. And uh, I don't know a whole lot about Shazam other than he always fights Black Adam, who's going to be the Rock. Okay. So I'm down for that. Yeah, and he's, I guess he's kind of like Magic Superman because he's a little kid. He's Billy Batson, he's like a little 12, 13-year-old kid, and he gets these powers somehow, and it's like magic-related, and he says, Shazam, and he becomes this big, buff, Superman-esque person, only there's more magic involved in there, so. I always thought cool. it was funny that his name was initially Captain Marvel. Yeah. So, like, just the whole deal of, like, why he's actually called Shazam is because Marvel was like, stop that or we'll sue, and right. DC was like, that's, that's fair, actually, we will not do that, so... Shazam or okay so like have you ever played a game called DC Deck Builders? No. It's a fantastic card game um where basically like you basically build your own like superheroes ranks and you like fight each other with like all your heroes or or villains. Um but so I played with a group of people who thought Shazam was stupid, which like I mean okay. fair it's it he's kind of just like a weird character in terms of like all the cool characters you think of in DC like Shazam is kind of like towards the end of what right. I would think of. So we always called him Shazam just yep. to like make fun of him. And like now I can't ironically stop calling him Shazam. And like I know his name is Shazam, but every time you're like, yeah, so Shazam, blah, blah, blah. I literally just want to interject and be like, Shazam. Yeah, but I've, I've done that too, especially with... Wrong. <laughs> I mentioned it last week. I listened to another podcast and they they say Shazam because they don't really care. They don't take anything Yeah, nobody seriously. cares, so you call yeah, him Shazam because so, he's a stupid character. So the uh, Shazam movie has a release date. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's, I'm curious let's... who they're going to pick to play um, him as a child. Yeah. So A lot of people are saying the kid from Stranger Things and It. I was literally just going to say, I feel like if we're just trending towards the fact that like yeah. Finn Wolfhard is like in everything now, that's just been like a good nostalgia movie, just like throw him in and he is like auto yeah. the missing exponent for success, yeah. the missing variable. Yeah, I mean, um, any of those kids from... It or Stranger Things could probably get the job done. I feel like it, I guess it's going to depend on like how young they want him. Yeah. Because I feel like I could also very easily see him doing or see like the studio trending towards more of like 
a teenage Billy Batson right. to maybe make him like a little more relatable, like kind of be like, oh, like like the like Peter Parker type of thing where it's like, I'm a like kind of down on my luck, like scrappy teenager who's yep. also a superhero by night. Like, so I don't know. I could I could see them casting somebody who's actually a like older. a little older for some reason. And I don't know why, because I know he's way out of the age range, but I thought Nicholas Holt. From the actor okay. from Skins, and he was also in X Men. Yeah, he's Beast. He's Beast in X Men, but like he's way too old for that role. But like weirdly, I could definitely see them doing like a Game of Thrones thing where we're like, this is Daenerys. She's thirteen and played by like a thirty-four year old or something <laughs> yeah. like that. So, but I don't know. That could be interesting. I currently don't care. As as by the note yeah. of us continuously calling him Shazam. Um. But, I mean, Zachary Levi is pretty funny, so mm-hmm. I guess it all just depends on, and especially if you got, like, The Rock in this, I wonder if they're going to kind of trend more towards, like, a Deadpool type of film. Like, and in sense of, like, like it's serious, it has a plot, but it's really comedy-driven. Sure. Almost. I didn't literally mean, like, a Deadpool film yeah. with, with, like, Shazam, but more or less, like, we recognize that this is kind of like a weird thing. Like we mm-hmm. recognize this is kind of a a contrived, silly plot. So we're gonna kind of build on our strengths rather than highlight our right. weaknesses. So it sounds like that's how Thor's gonna be. From like the sound of some reviews, like really people are like it's no, oh, it's too much of a comedy. But then like you talk to the director and he's like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, look at what the movie's about. So we played to that. Okay, so. I know that I had a couple friends talking about like going and seeing it because it comes out. Thursday, oh, I'm going Thursday. Right? Okay, yeah, no, I had a couple friends talking about wanting to go to that later after class, but I'm not quite sure. I think we might, like, let it, like, sit for a couple of days, like, once it gets out, and then, like, kind of see what, like, the general tone is, because it's, like, is this a movie that, like, we need to be, like, hyped up for, or is this a movie that, like, shmeh, we can maybe just wait until it goes to DVD, because, like, I'm not the biggest Thor fan. I feel like Thor is a little overblown. I don't know. It kind of turned me off with how, like, crazy everybody got about like Loki mm-hmm. where I was like okay I was like he's not the star of the show and it's really weird how like fandom like over sexualizes Tom Hiddleston yeah, where I'm like he's weird. not that attractive he kind of looks like an anthropomorphic like banana slug like <laughs> so I, I don't really get that I mean I'm sure he's a wonderful guy but he's um, lovely he's a lovely British man he's a lovely British man what could possibly go wrong yeah. um, so speaking of Movies that are coming out this month. Uh, I saw a really quick thing for Justice League, and it's not like super big news, but I just wanted to say it because it like gave me hope. Um, Cyborg, uh, for those of you who loved Teen Titans as a kid, like I did. Oh yeah. Ray Fisher's Cyborg said "booyah," and that made me say "booyah" because it means <laughs> that that they're kind of Throwing acknowledging the character. Yeah. yeah. So that made me happy, and I'm gonna see Justice League anyway. But that is going to make me happy. We are getting, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not as up to date on, like, the current ongoings of, like, DC spinoffs and everything. But we are confirmed to get a Cyborg spinoff, right? Yes, at some point. I'm really hoping that there's a Beast Boy cameo in there somewhere. I hope so. I'm really, really hoping, or at least, like, an illusion, like, mm-hmm. hey, like, we're going to see Beast Boy because I know Cyborg, at least Cyborg looks older in this Justice League. Like, yeah, he doesn't necessarily look like a college look like kid. A teen, yeah, he looks like, I mean, you could be a teenager and still in college. Yeah, true. Um, but I, he definitely looks a little bit older. Um, but I'm really kind of like gunning for, I hope we get like a Teen Titans yes, thing. Teen Titans. Because I sure. definitely feel like if DC was smart, they would capitalize off of that like nostalgia that like everybody's been feeling real recently. Sure. Um, and, and I feel like the easiest 
way to do that is with a Teen Titans movie because I feel like even if it is like complete garbage, I feel like at least enough people our age would be down for seeing that because of just growing up with Teen Titans, especially because the benchmark is so low now with Teen Titans Go. I was going to say, it can't be worse than Teen Titans Go. It literally, nothing could be worse than Teen Titans Go. Did you know, I actually saw this the other day because somebody sent this to me and I literally wanted to just like bury my head in the sand and pretend I didn't see this message, but Fallout Boy was actually on Teen Titans Go. They were a guest star thing and like I don't even know but from like the 20 second clip I think it was like my roommate that sent it to me from like the 20 second clip that was shown it was like they had to use like the power of music to like unlock something and I was like why I was like the worst thing why (laughs) the worst thing about Teen Titans Go is that they acknowledged the first Teen Titans in it because like they're like watching TV and there's like that weird villain who's like super meta he's called Control Freak and oh, he shows yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And he shows the, the the new Teen Titans, the old show, and they're all sitting there like, this is amazing. Why is this not on TV? And they're like, we canceled it. I canceled it to get at you, Titans. Oh, my God. And I just sat there like, Ugh. so Cartoon Network knows it's bad, and they're mocking us with this meta bullcrap, and I'm not happy. I You got to wonder, truly, because, like, my little brother, I have a, an 11-year-old brother, and what, Teen Titans Go is, like, two years old now, three years Ish, old now? Yeah. yeah, so, like, he was, like, that right age range, like, that right marketing age range for Teen Titans Go when it first came out. And I know he was all hype about it at first because I had shown him a lot of the old Teen Titans episodes because, I mean, largely it was a cartoon, so it's suitable for, like, young children. Yeah. I mean, it deals a lot with, like, darker subjects in, like, the later seasons, but, I mean, it's kind of like Star Wars Clone Wars in the sense where, like, it's marketed towards, like, younger kids. Yeah. Um, but I remember coming home from college one time and Teen Titans Go was on TV and I was like, oh, like, isn't that like the show that you like really like? And he was like, yeah, but they just play the same episode for like days and days and days. And I was like going through like the TV guide and it literally is. It's like they market like six hour blocks of just like Teen Titans Go and like I guarantee you, you and because they're only like twenty minute episodes, mm-hmm. so, I feel so like, they repeat. Yeah, they repeat, and they, they. I feel like you can cram a whole season in like one day, and it's like, the, how how long are you gonna milk this cash cow until it just like bleeds up and dies and shrivels and just like. And then nobody wants more Teen Titans. Ever. Yeah. The curse, but I mean, speaking of things that you know. We love dearly and have now come back to us. There's a couple of new video game trailers that have dropped, including Last of Us Part Two, Detroit Becoming Human, Spider Man, and a Shadow of the Colossus or Shadow of Colossus remake. Um, we watched all of those earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two I am definitely most excited for are the Spider Man and the Detroit Become Human game. Um, but last, so you saw? Did you get a chance to see the Last of Us? Yes, too? I watched the Last of Us trailers today, and I am super excited. It was a bunch of new characters, mm-hmm. so we're gonna get a full cast of characters, including Ellie, and whether or not Joel is dead, he'll be there. That's been a fan theory I've seen. Like, oh, Joel's dead, and he's just in Ellie's head, but that wouldn't make any sense because how would you do the AI for like a co- for like combat? I yeah, I have not. I have watched people play The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not own a PlayStation beyond a PS2. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has been an upwards battle for me of I'm pretty sure I'm going to cave this Christmas season and, and get one. Um, although, like, my boyfriend has a PS4, so it's like I there's almost, like, not really a purpose in getting one. Yeah, I would just say get the game and then play it on his. Yeah. Because that's what I did with my roommate because yeah. he's got a PS4. 
So, but I was, I from what I had seen, The Last of Us, like the first one, seemed like much more like wholesome. Like it was like scary, but it was also kind of like there were like heart, like heart wrenching moments. Yeah. And, and really like I heard like the first game was more or less focused on like the idea of like bonds and like love because it's really like Joel and Ellie and it's like them together. Like and that's. That's it. They have to brave yeah. the wilderness. It's this. And it's like building this father-daughter relationship. Joel's been like hardened by the apocalypse because he lost his daughter like the first day of it. Yeah. And then like 10, 15 years in, he meets this girl and he has to form this bond with her to get her across the country. And by the end of it, he's like, this is basically another of my daughter and I have to protect her and I love her. And the game acts accordingly to that. But then this one. It's a lot more based on like hate. rage and hate yeah. and gore and it was kind of wild because, I mean, I was a little bit expecting it because I had I had looked it up prior to watching it. And people were saying that, you know, it's it's a much more darker version of the universe mm-hmm. that we're used to. So this could be very interesting. Um, I'm also wondering what this means, though, for kind of like storytelling, because I know like you introduce a lot more moving parts. You also run the risk of introducing a lot more like for lack of a better word, like just stupid plot points or stupid characters. So I'm hoping that it's still kind of like from what I've seen retains that like linear, just like really good storytelling of the first game without like convoluting it, like a la Walking Dead with adding too many names and faces and kind of lose sight of what your end goal is. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, Detroit Becoming Human looks great. Not having a release date yet. Um, It's kind of this like metagame where you are playing as an AI, I believe her name is Kara, um, and she is assigned to look after a young, she's basically like this like robot maid for um, this guy, I believe his name was Tom. I, I watched this trailer a little while ago, but his name's Tom and he has a daughter, and you are this reprogrammed robot. It's alluded that like you've served this family for a really long time, but you've recently become reprogrammed, and so you do not have all the memories that the young human daughter has of you. Um, and what's so striking about this game is that apparently, um, there's no actual game over. Really? Is, um, you can die, your, like, the main character can die, uh, the little girl you're supposed to protect can die, the dad can die, all of these other outside characters can die, but the game keeps moving forward. It'll just, like, switch, apparently, from what I've been reading. I could be wrong, and, like, once this... Because it's all pretty much still in, like, development. Yeah. It's, like, in development slash post-development right now. Like, it's trending towards, like, ending. But um, it, it almost sounds like there is no real main character because if one character dies, you just keep going, and the characters around you react accordingly. Yeah. So it's almost, it's almost like a real-life type of scenario where it's, like, if... If we were podcasting right now and and I died, like, your life would keep going. Mm-hmm. So I've just been so intrigued since I've heard that, like, that's how this game runs. And there's just, like, apparently, like, a network of possible endings, which yeah, I don't even know how many there are. It's currently. a lot of, like, it's, like, choice-related yeah. gameplay and stuff. I'm, I remember a trailer for E3. It was, like, a year ago, maybe two years ago. And they had something for this game, but it was, like, you were, like, a cop. And there was a robot, and it had a hostage, and you had to, like, make a choice for, like, putting down your gun and trying to negotiate with the robot, shooting the robot, tricking the robot. Yeah, there's, like, no, a lot of different stuff There's like a that. couple different moving parts. There's a there's a dude who's tasked with, um, like, taking out renegade robots. There's, you know, your lead robot girl, Kara, um, 
who it seems like slowly develops like human emotions and feelings. And that may or may not be why she was like retconned yeah. uh, initially because I think she developed too close of a bond to this girl. And then there's another individual who's almost kind of like a seems kind of like the Harriet Tubman of the robot world where he sort of like helps enslaved AIs who are kind of like bound to these human masters like, hey, like we're just as like human as the rest of these people because like we can feel and think and have yeah. emotions. So it seems like all those points come to a head. Uh, still not quite sure what the overall plot is. All I know is that it just seemed really, really strange. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So, but we could talk about these trailers all day, but that's not the point of this. So on that vein of strange, let us get to Stranger Things. Um, right now, yeah, Grant, Grant, our uh, sound engineer over here has not seen Stranger Things. So we are motioning for him to cover his ears um, he's only on episode one, but Steve and I have binge watched the entire thing over the weekend. Sure did. Um, and oh my God, for lack of a better phrase of, of how to explain things. So I've talked a lot for the last couple minutes. Give me your impression of Stranger Things. Yeah, I too. really, really liked it. Um, I watched the first season last week, so I was ready for it. And it's continuing with that, like, awesome, like, 80s. Like, the music is awesome, and it's, like, all, like, the aesthetic stuff. Oh, yeah. And, like, you see, like, a movie theater sign with, like, the Terminators coming out. And it's just, like, the kids are out until dark on the bikes, and it's really cool. And I just, I really like the whole story in general. I did think that at one point they weren't 100% sure what to do with Eleven. Oh, yeah. Because she did come back, and she went on a little adventure of her own, which I liked in parts, and in other parts I was like, what are we doing here? But... All of, like, the character relationships are really good. I really appreciate that in things. Like, the Hopper 11 dynamic is great. And um, I feel like we, we both feel very strongly about this, but we both have a new favorite character. Uh, Bob, His the name real is MVP, Bob. Bob Newby, actual superhero. I love Bob. Um, so let's break it down, starting from the beginning of the season for, for those who are caught up and for those who are not quite yet but still are you know, our intrepid listeners who don't really care about yeah. spoilers. Spoilers. All so, the spoilers. Last season, um, we we were kind of duped into thinking that Eleven was still stuck in the Upside Down when really, apparently, she just kind of popped back out yeah, once it was all said left. and done, which I thought was a little strange um, because it, it almost was like, if you guys just would have stuck around for like 10 more minutes, you guys would have probably seen Eleven yeah, just like literally walking down the come hall. out of the wall. It's like, oh, hey. Hey, there you. she is. Welcome she back. just exploded, but I guess she's not gone. Um, although it did look like it was like hours later or something like that. But mm-hmm. but still, I thought it was funny how like fast uh, she came back. Um, so she comes back and immediately, well, I shouldn't say immediately. So she, we see her kind of foraging for food like a little squirrel, uh, staying alive <laughs> in the Hawkins wilderness. And Hopper uh, comes across her, ends up kind of taking her in. Uh, she ends up staying with him for almost a full year, right? She's it's like about a year. Three hundred and fifty something days. Yeah, because it's it's the anniversary. the The season takes place all around Halloween. Uh, the anniversary of Will's episode of going away to the Upside Down. Um, so we kind of have this weird eleven wanting to be an independent teenage girl because I mean, to be fair, she is you know a teenage girl who no longer is under the thumb of an oppressive laboratory. Um, we have, I, I don't really even know how to describe kind of like what goes on with her in this season. I've almost felt like, cause you, you made a valid point 
uh, in your notes here, you said that you weren't quite sure like what they wanted to do with Eleven. Yeah. So she does. I did. I liked the bit where she figured out like her mom was still alive because mm-hmm. she was like digging up the secrets that Hopper was keeping from her. So she figured out like what they did, like how she ended up in the lab, what they did to her mom. And then she goes on this like weird road trip and gets she meets Goth Yoda who teaches her about her powers. Yeah, yeah, basically. Kali number 8. So we learn that there are more 11 is number 11. Yep. Due to the tattoo on her wrist, which I mean, people had speculated, okay, if she's 11, that means there's, you know, 10 others before her mm-hmm. who are probably older than her uh and and it would imagine that if she's 11, there could possibly be a 12. So there could be those who are younger than her. So we meet mm-hmm. Kali who is a girl from London. Uh, who is kidnapped, taken to Hawkins, I believe, and she has the ability to make people see things with her mind. Um, I don't know. I felt like the, that whole meeting Callie, so they, she she travels to Chicago. She meets a group of punks. Uh, Callie is the only one that has powers like Eleven can. Callie is very hurt. Callie is very, um, I, she's like destructive almost. Yeah. She really wants to like seek vengeance on the people who have hurt her. Or do did hurt her in Hawkins' lab, but I felt like that whole arc could have been a season on its own. Yeah, exactly. It was a very self-contained episode, which I felt was like not beneficial to the plot because it seemed Hopper was like the whole season he was like, like eleven kid, like you're basically like my daughter now. Like I I've grown to see you as like my own child. Um, blah blah blah. But then like he just like leaves her in the woods. Yeah. Well, all of this is going down, and, like, the entire time I was just kind of thinking, I was like, you guys are trying to fight these, like, Demogorgon dog hybrids mm-hmm. when, like, Eleven has clearly shown that she knows how to destroy these things, but you're leaving your best weapon or your most knowledgeable individual about these things, like, trapped, trapped, air quotes, in yeah. a cabin in the woods and is, like, not telling anybody about this. Like, it just seemed very odd to me. Yeah. It seemed not very well played, <laughs> but so um, one of the other huge things that was uh, mentioned during the season, which was a very, very large and strong complaint of the last season, was a uh, hashtag justice for Barb. I know I have mentioned it on this show uh, a couple of times. Well, rest assured, dear listeners, justice for Barb has been achieved. Um, so we can score that self high five on that one. Um how did you feel about that? How did you feel about how they looped Barb and all uh, that? I enjoyed the crazy conspiracy guy that they, that they went to go get the truth. Like, because he's, he was like, all, the, all these sightings of this little girl, it, it's the Russians, man. It's the aliens, man. And then Nancy and Jonathan go to him and they're like, we'll tell you what it is. <laughs> no, you're wrong. So, And yeah. then they kind of finagle away to bust the feds and get justice for Barb. And I, yeah, and we got some, uh... I think he had the best line in the entire season where, so, uh, last season, you know, you had this love triangle between, like, the one-sided love between, like, Jonathan and Nancy, and Nancy loved Steve, and Steve and Jonathan didn't like each other, um, so Nancy and Steve kind of have, like, a falling out in the the first beginning of the season, and towards the middle when they meet the conspiracy guy, it's Jonathan and Nancy trying to tackle this on their own because... Both of their brothers have gone missing. I mean, they're not really missing. They're with Joyce and Hopper. But um, 
they they're not at home and so they're like okay like this is probably you know the 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 upside down again we need to figure out what we need to do we need to achieve justice for bar blah 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 um the conspiracy guy easily had the best line in the show because after when uh, Jonathan and Nancy, when he was like pretending to read them, where he was like, oh, it was like, Nancy, I see you playing this like repressed girl who like blah, blah, blah. And like, you're just afraid to like let loose. And Jonathan, like, you guys aren't friends. You actually love each other. And so like, obviously they're like horny teenagers. So they make out once that guy goes to bed and it's alluded that they have sex. And the best thing is the next morning when, because uh, Jonathan was supposed to be sleeping on a pullout couch, but apparently he went to bed with Nancy um, at the breakfast table when he's like, hey, Jonathan, how is the pullout? And he like chokes. the kid playing Jonathan, like, honest to God, like chokes, like <laughs> on his coffee. I literally, I screamed at that part. I honestly God, had to like pause it. I was laughing so hard. And it was just like such a perfectly awkward scene where like Jonathan, Nancy and the conspiracy guy were just awkwardly like trying to like side eye each other like they all know and and the conspiracy guy was just like laughing and like having such a good time just giving them just like so much crap about their like unresolved sexual tension um but so that was that was easily probably one of my favorite lines along with um and i'm not sure about how you feel about him as a character but i love the fact that steve became like team mom this like season how steve was just like there was a part where he was like, okay, so for those of you who haven't ended up seeing this part of the season, um, Steve, who was Nancy's boyfriend, uh, ends up teaming up with Dustin, the uh, kid who doesn't have any front teeth mm-hmm. because of a genetic disorder. Um, Lucas, uh, who was very critical of the Upside Down in the first season, he was one of the most vocal people of saying, like, you know, Eleven's kind of like, we probably shouldn't hang out with her. And Max, who is the new like female character come to town, uh, who's also uh, Lucas's like love interest, blah blah blah, and then later like Mike and Will, um, but Steve somehow becomes responsible for these children, yeah, wrangling these he, kids, like, that are... wrangling these kids, and and giving them love advice. They're like, and... We gotta go burn down the nest. He's like, no, yeah, no, we're gonna we're not gonna do that. Let's just <laughs> that was easily another up. like great part was when they were like, we gotta go burn down the demodog nest, and Steve was like, or or. We could not do that and not die. And I just thought it was so funny because there was like a literal part where like he put his hands on his hip. Like he was like an actual like mom and was like, are you listening to me? He was like, we are not going out there. And I was like, oh, Steve, like you sweet summer child. Um, So he was he was probably one of the funnier characters this season. For me personally, I thought that he showed a tremendous amount of like growth from like the previous season because he was just kind of like that throwaway asshole character yeah. he was who, supposed to be a lot meaner in the first season and he was actually supposed to not come back apparently is what i read was that like originally the duffer brothers wrote steve to die by the demogorgon mm-hmm. and they liked oh i can't remember his last name but his first name's joe um they liked the actor for steve so much and thought he was so funny that they wrote his character to live and mm-hmm. they kept him on and now i don't know if they know what to do with him though yeah. Because there's still that really weird, like, tension between, like, Jonathan. Oh, my God. Maybe. No, we're good. <laughs> okay. That's, I'm glad you didn't sneeze live. But... Right into the mic. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's still that weird tension between Jonathan, Nancy, and Steve that, like, still hasn't been resolved where, mm-hmm. like, Nancy has alluded to, like, slept with both of them now. So it's like, okay, Nancy, like, either make your pick or I guess just date both of them at once. Just take one for the team. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. 
that's I was pretty much I was pretty much happy with everything that went on in the season. Everything was really wholesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wasn't really satisfied with the ending. Yeah. I, I, what What were your thoughts on that? Uh, personally, I it was just a warm and fuzzy ending. I was like, oh, they did it. They 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 made it for a little bit, but there might be some trouble brewing because at the end, where it's like a big shadow monster and it goes to the upside down. Yeah, so and it's like, like looming over the middle school. So like, it's a little more of like finality than the first season. But then I think they want to do like four seasons of this. Yeah, okay, because so I already know like open. Stranger Things three is like trending apparently. Yeah. So so they're keeping it open. All the 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 kids are all happy and they're all safe and uh yeah. I don't know. That I was like kind it. of my reaction where I was like, "This is cute. Like this is adorable. Like they end with like all the kids going to like a middle school dance or whatever." And you're like, "Aw, like this is cute." But then like it felt really weird because I know that the whole idea was like, "Oh hey, if you close the door, like the demodogs go away, and like if we burn this thing out of will, like it's not gonna." like kill him and blah 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 um but it just felt really like once you realized like in theory what they did was like they didn't actually stop anything yeah they They just just, like closed the door on it they're like no no not today (laughs) just like shut and latched a door and we're like we'll deal with this problem another time which was like weird for me because they built up this shadow monster and you were thinking that like it was gonna like break through and like break through or like somebody was gonna die who was like important like i honestly thought that like because they kept pulling on that the whole season where they were like if we kill the host or if we kill like the hive mind then we kill all the hosts and i was really thinking that like joyce was gonna have to make that difficult decision of like do i destroy the world or do i kill my son Mm -hmm. like so i i was really it sounds sad, but, like, hoping for that because it needed some type of, like, really emotional, like, yeah. yank where I just didn't get any, like, emotional yank until actually Bob, may uh, he rest in peace, Bob's death. I felt cheated, yeah. personally, when Bob died because, like, he's running from those demodogs. He, like, shuts the door. He stops. He turns around and looks at Will's mom, who is his girlfriend, and it's just, like, you were just running for your life from these, like, plant-headed demon beasts from hell who want to rip you limb from limb. Like, why are you stopping to gaze lovingly at Winona Ryder? Yep. Like, Winona Ryder's beautiful, but, like, no. Keep running. Keep running. Keep running. Both of them stopped, and I literally screamed, like, when I was, like, looking at that. I was like, no! I was like, what are you doing? I was like, you know, because you thought he was going to be, like, home free. Yep. He made it. He blah, blah, blah. I felt, I felt cheated that, like, he died, but the stupid doctor survived, who got, like, mauled and yeah. was, like, half dead in a stairwell, but then was like, well, I'm going to just conveniently be okay for plot so I can give you, like, a fake birth certificate for Eleven so she can, like, legally be your daughter now, Hopper. And mm-hmm. it's like, <sighs> I'm so mad. Justice for Barb has now been changed to Justice for Bob for Bob me. is, like, the ultimate, like, dorky dad. And I love it. And I would crack a cold one with him. Like, crack any open day. a cold one with the yeah, bobs. With, dude. with the bobs. And like, he's like, let's go to the Bob Mobile. And I was like, you're such a dork. I love this. Oh my God. More of this. That and the when Hopper like puts on the record and starts like dad dancing with like 11, yeah. where he's doing that weird, like not really moving his body, but like kind of shaking his arms and yeah. his butt at the same time. And like 11 just looks really like off put, where it's like, same. This is like, 
all around a very like wholesome season, yeah. despite the fact that like Will got choked out by a snake monster and became the exorcist. Yeah, like, I was gonna say, how about that exorcism? Yeah, no, for real though, like the whole time I was like, this is just the exorcist, but with like boys instead of girls, like wild. Yeah, but it's a lot of throwbacks. I yeah, a lot of throwbacks. Um, I don't know. I'm interested to see where certain characters are gonna go. I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with Max, the new girl in town now. Um. I really want to see more of, like, Max not being treated like crap. Yeah. Because I felt really bad for her, like, the whole season where, like, even her friends, air quotes around that, were like, no, we can't tell you. Like, you're an outsider. And, like, Eleven didn't like her. And, like, her brother and her parents, like, clearly don't really like her. Her brother is worse, Steve. Yeah, her brother is, like mullet Steve like Steve is like good Steve no mullet just like Farrah Fawcett locks type of yeah. hair um, where this is like rat stash mullet boy where like even weirdly enough I started feeling kind of bad for him at a point when like he starts getting beat up by his dad Yeah, and his dad calls him a bunch of like slurs and I was like wow like you're kind of a, an ass for a reason but it certainly doesn't give you a reason to be an ass mm-hmm. like but I'm weirdly hoping like maybe we'll see him get redeemed Maybe we'll see him become like 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 an Anakin Skywalker type of thing where it's like, hey, like I'm going to go like to the dark side because it'll make me powerful. It'll make me be able to like stand up against the people who've been like beating me down. Like, I don't know if like they're going to try and do like something like that. Like that would be kind of interesting to see, Mm. especially in the vein of like we're throwing like kind of nostalgia movies along with everything in Stranger Things. Mm. But so I don't know. What are your predictions for for going forward? I have no idea. Probably more along with the, um, like, the eight subplot. I feel like they're not done with that. Kali, yeah. Yeah, she'll probably come back or... Others. Or others, yeah. Um, I'm not 100% sure what else because they made it seem like it was very final that they, like, shut the upside down, but then they immediately, like, cut to the upside down. Right. With the big Cthulhu shadow monster thing looking at the school. So... Probably something along those lines. We're not done with that yet. Yeah, I'm but. just wondering how many times they can, like, I I know we haven't explored the Upside Down to, like, the true extent. Mm-hmm. But, like, especially now with Hawkins Lab gone because, like, the conspiracy guy and John and, uh, John and Nancy helped to kind of, like, shut down Hawkins for good. I know, like, Team Byers has the doctor that was, like, treating him. Like, he survived, so I'm sure he's going to be integral to season three. Yeah. But, like... How many times can you return to the Upside Down and, like, not contrive the same plot over and over and over again? Like, you know, season one, it was just one Demogorgon. Like, season three, it was all these, like, weird, like, hybrid dog slug things that kind of look like the Demogorgon. Like, their head opened up, like, the flower way that the Demogorgon did. It was, like, alien and then aliens. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. And that's kind of, like, what I'm afraid of is, like, Alien was great. Alien was fantastic. Aliens was, like, pretty okay. And then, like, the further on you go, the more you're like, this is the same plot, like, Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And we inevitably, like, characters we thought were, you know, badass suddenly are, like, just kind of, like, meh. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't want to lose... Like, lose the want to root for anybody. Yeah, like, the the feelings that we have for all these characters now, they might not be there after, like... Stranger Things 4, and it's like, oh, now Hopper's boring and lame. Yeah, I I honestly feel like 3, they're really going to try and, like, play with, with, 
mass loss. I feel like somebody integral to like the core team. So you know you have your like, like your core adults, which are Hopper and uh, Joyce, and I mean probably now like the Doctor dude. So you have your three core adults. You have your core teenagers, which are you know Jonathan, Nancy, Steve, and maybe, maybe Billy. Maybe Billy now. Um, and then you have your core kids, which are Eleven, Max, Lucas, Dustin, Mike, and Will. Um, so I feel like, cause you have your three like segregated groups, um, that all kind of like come together in the final hour to sort of make things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we're going to see a, like a major loss in like whoever ties those groups together. So if it's like, like if it's Will, if it's Hopper, like, I feel like it's going to be somebody, I feel like it's going to be somebody who, who's who's large and in charge. And yeah. I, I honestly feel like if I had to put my money on people who I don't think are going to make it all the way through the Stranger Things voyage, I'm going to say Hopper. I'm going to say Will. I'm going to maybe say Steve. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm definitely probably going to say Eleven. Yeah. Because that. especially with that whole flashback and like one of the later episodes with like Callie where she like made uh, Papa – with like eleven, the the scientist that tortured eleven, um, and kind of made her uh, amplify her psychic powers or whatever. She showed her like him, and he had that like really cryptic message. Always like, you have a like a sore eleven, and if you let it fester, like You'll you're die. you're going to die. And so I honestly thought that she was gonna die at the end of this season, like trying to close the door because it was just so like heavy. It clearly seemed to like exert a lot on her, but. I, I don't know. I feel like you don't say something that cryptic and then, like, not come back to yeah. it. So, but who knows? And now we wait. Yep. Uh, I'm pretty sure they did, like, that little Easter egg thing at the end where it was like, how long is this going to take? And the doctor was like, probably a year. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's probably going to be, like, Halloween of next year. Probably. Like, and I think it would be kind of cool, kind of meta, if, like, it really was, like, Halloween of next year that this does, like, drop. Um, it's a good series that to drop around Halloween. It's got like it's kind of spooky and it's like nostalgic. Yeah, there's, all there's, those th all those things. There's a lot to love about it. But so we could talk about Stranger Things forever. We could talk about Stranger Things for days, weeks, months. But we need to wrap this up. So, um, Steve, time to do our favorite part of the show. What are you reading, watching, and playing? And you seem to be uh, kind of on a hype train. Well, I am. On the full Thor Taika Waititi hype train, because as we all know, Thor Ragnarok comes out this week, and I am so excited. So I watched Thor, the first Thor, last night. It's fine. I'm not <laughs> it's looking. Fine. I'm not looking. It's like, it's like in that group of MCU movies that's like average, and like it has like its own little thing that it has going for it that I like. So like the first Captain America. Yeah, movie. it's got like the first part's like this cool like Shakespearean drama type thing, and then it's like a fish out of water comedy where he's throwing coffee mugs on the ground, and then it remembers it's a superhero movie, so it's fine. I'm not looking forward to when I have to watch Thor 2, but I'm going to watch Age of Ultron, because that's like your Thor and your Hulk closure, and I'm also going to watch more films that Taika Waititi has directed, because I love him, and I'm going to watch Hunt for the Wilder People again, because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's got Sam Neill, um, I forget the kid's name, but he's this like Maori kid, and he's going to be, oh, Julian Dennison, he's going to be in Deadpool 2, if you've... Is uh, he really? Yeah, he's like big... Uh, chunky New Zealand kid, uh, dark complexion, dark hair. and uh, Do we know who he's going to play in Deadpool 2? I don't think so. There was Ryan Reynolds tweeted a picture of 
him in like the costume and then the kids on his back and like he uh, referenced Wilder People because it's it's like a it's like a comedy and like an adventure film and it's got like family stuff in it and there's like a little drama and it's just like this like wholesome feel good. Uh, it's it's um in other countries where it's actually on Netflix, there's this secret category where it says Sam Neill starts off as grumpy, but then he learns to like kids, and it's like Jurassic Park, whatever other Jurassic Park movie he's in, I think two, and then Wilder People. It's so, so funny. Really good. I'm gonna if if I can find any other type of films, I'll watch those. But yeah, we're gonna do Thor Ragnarok next week, and I'm so excited. So you have just been. I I need to like re-catch up on it's been so long since i've seen either of the thors actually because i just i'm not a thor person you're not missing much i'm really not a thor person like i've seen both of them i saw both of them in theaters um really the only memorable thing about thor 2 that i can like actually remember is that like there's like that whole scene where it's like thor i'm sorry not thor loki uh like shape-shifting into like different like friends oh, of yeah. thor's and he turns into like chris evans in the captain america <laughs> yeah. suit and he's like i feel powerful or something like that patriotic I was like, yeah I feel god patri- bless america yeah so i thought that was kind of funny i thought that was a cute little cameo um but really after that i don't remember anything yeah thor 2 is like one of the worst i just remember MCU like films. darcy annoyed the hell out of me like was arguably like one of the worst characters in in the mcu yeah where like I don't, I genuinely don't get, like, why she's hanging out with, like, Natalie Portman and what, what, are, what is that other guy's name? Oh. Bill, no, it's not Bill Skeesgard. Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, something like that. Um, I don't get why she hangs out with them. She seems kind of just, like, ditzy airheaded and they're both, like, yeah. astrophysicists, rocket scientists, like, she, brain surgeons, she's some being, crap. She's being her character from Two Broke Girls and it doesn't work. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really weird. And and I get it. You need some kind of like comedic relief, but that's like not. That's kind of Thor's job because he's yeah. Like, it's like not he, the place. He's like so ridiculous, but he's also like he takes himself seriously. Yeah, he's he's a man so. out of place, which in itself is like funny mm-hmm. because he just doesn't understand like human customs or yeah. something like so that. So just let him do that and get rid of Darcy. But yeah, so Schmidt, I will begrudgingly go watch this film, um, if nothing other than for Taika Waititi, but begrudgingly is the operative word here. So um, what I also did begrudgingly this last couple of days, uh, this last week was I weirdly decided that I was going to try and binge watch every like 80s horror film that's available on Netflix. So I started like softcore with like gremlins and stuff like that. Cause I was like, Oh, like gremlins, like from my childhood. So cute. Um, And then ended up somehow watching every single Hellraiser movie available on Netflix. Have you ever seen Hellraiser? I have not. Okay. You're not really missing much. Okay. So, like, you know, you would know. Have you ever seen that one, like, creature that, like, people will post sometimes, or, like, the dude with all the pins in his yeah, head? Yeah, I was going to say. That's yeah, the that's pin guy. Pin, pinhead is okay. literally his name. Um, And they're, like, a group of, uh, they have a line where they're, like, we're angels to some and we're demons to others, but basically they're a bunch of just, like, weird looking hell creatures in a bunch of like fetish suits who okay. like good. inflict good. pain on like human beings and like for the time like the special effects on that is like really cool like there's like a point where like this guy is literally like crawling back from hell and like piece by piece has to put his body back together and so he like at one point is just this like mound of like flesh it looks like it's like a human being that's like literally just been like skinned and he is alive 
and can like feel everything and he's like bleeding and it looks like like a literal like just like glistening like gross body that's like skinless and i thought like the, the special effects are really cool but like it it got to a point too where i was just I was like this is kind of silly and like over the top and then like the first movie was pretty good and then like it was just basically like a downhill drop like it wasn't sure. even like a roller coaster it was just like walking off a cliff okay. where they were like hey we're kind of cool we're like not evil not great like kind of demon people that just like indiscriminately kind of like kill human beings who mess with our puzzle box and then like by like the fourth fifth movie it's like and now we just indiscriminately kill people because we feel like it and it's like wow this kind of went the way of saw where it's like say, none it, of this is interesting anymore i, I say, just is it like a Final Destination Saw type thing where like, look at all these creative ways we can kill people. Yeah, and then like people turn into the demons and then they like look really gross and then I like don't, I just don't get it anymore. So like, meh. I would say if you haven't seen Hellraiser, you're really not missing much. I was not overly enthralled with it. The first movie was pretty cool. I'm interested in the comic books. I heard that they're a bit better. Um, but schmeh. <laughs> Schmidt and wholesome seem to be kind of like the words of the day on this podcast. Yeah. So especially wholesome. I think I've used that like four or five times describing Stranger Things. But so uh, I believe that is that it kind of wraps up everything that I have to say on Hellraiser. I believe that has to wrap up everything I have to say on Stranger Things. And for those of you listening, happy Halloween. Uh I don't know, Steve. Take them, take us away. Where where can they find us if they're interested in well, you listening can f- to more? You can find us on Facebook at Raven Geeks, Twitter at Raven Geeks, or at the Raven Geeks. I always forget. It, it is at Raven Geeks. Okay. I write it down here every time. All right, perfect. <laughs> it's at, the same thing every time. I am so sorry. It's <laughs> at Raven Geeks, and you can also find us on iTunes with uh, Central Michigan Life Podcasts, where you can find us and all the other podcasts that we do. Give us a listen if you want. Definitely. You can also check us out on cm-life.com under our multimedia uh, category. And if you're ever interested in us covering a specific topic or you feel like you just want to shout at us uh, for covering something wrong or giving our opinions, uh, definitely feel free to tweet and or Facebook message us and we will definitely give you a shout out on the podcast. Yeah, hate mail segment. Until next time, geek fans. Geek fans.